Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 21. I'm Michael John Simpson. This week, our special co-host is friend of the podcast, Kitty Brown. Our guest is writer, artist, musician, and karaoke host extraordinaire, Eric Shriek. I first met Eric over 10 years ago as host of Ground Control Karaoke. Eric, Kitty, and I discussed geographical weather, social and performing personas, musical themes of sex and religion, prints, bleeding for art, ground control karaoke, art shows at goth clubs, unextraordinary gentlemen, synth pop, steampunk, childhood cosplay, action figure accessories, mispronunciation, Portland, nomadic childhoods, critical thinking versus politics, Doctor Who, and industrial music. Ready, steady, go! Here's episode 21 of the Something Something Experience. Like you do. Like I do. <laughs> well, like you do. Like we do. Like we do. Like people. Like, like who do. Like the, that who do. Who that do voodoo. voodoo. I love that voodoo. That you <laughs> go do so now. Well. Go do that voodoo that you do so well. <laughs> Put a spell on you. Abracadabra. Yeah, we can just yeah. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> hashtag magic songs. <laughs> this entire podcast will just be song titles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. We could do, but there'd be long pauses. That thing oh. you do. Um, <laughs> that thing you do. Um, yeah. Fascination Street? <laughs> now we're stretching. <laughs> magic Man. Ooh. Dance Magic Dance. Ooh. Oh. Gotta go with the Bowie. Miracles. Oh. <laughs> That's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hey, thanks for slogging your cookies all the way up here. It reminds me of this when I first drove in it reminded me of when I lived in Kansas City just the way of the layout and the trees I had a weird deja vu if I just like strip the mountains away from the horizon sure sure be, like, yeah because yeah, Kansas City flat yeah mm-hmm. very flat yeah for those of flat you those of tornadoes yeah flat tornadoes and corn and wheat and just lots of <laughs> brown just 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 hundreds of miles of brown I actually prefer the earthquake weather to the tornado weather. oh yeah me Although too storms were really fun yeah I miss I miss thunderstorms I grew up in Colorado and well Ohio and Colorado and I remember the one well, there was one time there was a tornado in Colorado or in uh, Ohio but in Colorado with every in Colorado Denver sits just on the for those of you who don't know it sits just on the uh, eastern uh, slope or what they call the front range of the Rocky Mountains in a in a bowl in a in a, in a geographical bowl between the mountains and the high plains of the of the Midwestern United States and so Denver's in this little valley, and um, the the sno- it snows in the winter like mad, and then uh, in the summertime, once it starts getting into May, then the sun comes over. It's much high, it's very high in the sky. It comes over. It melts the snow, which evaporates. We get the rivers and all that stuff too, but the snow evaporates, and so the this the, it forms a cloud layer. Well, Denver's in this little pocket where there's no air or wind coming through except on certain days and it's a city and it's all concrete and asphalt so heat lots and lots of heat and cars and blah blah all so this moisture comes over the the heat hits the bottom of the moisture plumes it up into these giant cumulonimbus clouds and then we get thunderstorms and hail and tornadoes all afternoon not not tornadoes every day obviously but probably through two a couple times a year we get a good tornado and we get a good, a good tornado in Denver but i miss the big Loud, earth-shattering thunderstorms. Oh, yeah. I missed I was that. In the, I was in the center of a. Um... Go ahead and scoot in on the mic a little oh, bit. Oh right, there you go. Yeah, I do have a high nasally voice. We'll have to talk like this. <laughs> You'll have to talk to. like this. Just put on your Columbia School <laughs> Broadcasting voice. 
<gasps> if you guys are going to be hyper-masked, does that mean I have to be, like, super femmy? Like, oh my god, you guys! Uh, I'm just going to talk like this the whole time! Do your, so, like, do your uh, anime that. voice. <laughs> Giggle into your hands. <laughs> Let me get my cat ears, yeah. my little schoolgirl skirt. Yeah, and your Hello Kitty t-shirt. Just all do funny voices, so yes. that those at home can recreate to yes. a specific podcast. <laughs> this is a really trippy one, man. Well, this uh, th- this particular episode is a is a um, little different um, in the fact that we have a different co-host. Um, Hello. Hello, Ash. Ash has uh, he, you know, not me, her. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ash has um, uh, uh, some projects that he's working on that really are t- are monopolizing his time right now. And he came to me and said, "Hey, I I'm going to have to you know do a hiatus on the podcast for a while." I'm like. Okay, do what you got to do. The door's wide open. You can come back anytime. Do whatever you want. There's no, there's no fighting. There's no animosity or anything like that. He's just busy. And so when Ash put a very nice blog post, which you may have seen, those five people who actually listen and maybe look at the blog, um, he put up a really nice post, uh, wishing, you know, just saying, "Hey, I got to duck out for a while." And Kitty Brown immediately texted me and said, uh, "If you're looking for a new uh, co-caster, I volunteer as tribute." And I so, totally volunteer as tribute. Right. And so I said, "Well, I'm not really looking to replace Ash completely." Because it is, um, he's the co-creator, and he can come back anytime. Um, but I'd love to have somebody on to be occasional co-caster and semi-regular guest and that kind of thing. So and you're I, like so the Jay Leno, Joan Rivers from the classic <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Kitty is our Joan Rivers filling in for Whereas John. Ashes oh, just no. Ed McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do. I do want to point out though that if it did come down to like a Hunger Games style competition for you know who would eventually be like the permanent host. I do archery, I do German longsword, and I do Muay Thai, so bring it. Like, pretty sure I could win the Hunger Games at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, you you just mentioned something kind of offhand that, that illustrates a great point for me, which is I know, I know very little about you. I mean, we've been kind of um, uh, uh, a man uh, of peripher- peripheral friends. Right. Um, th- in and around ground control, uh, go back to episode Andrew uh, Andrew Holguin and and also uh, Howard Hollis. So we've known each other through ground control since about two thousand and five, right? And so, but other than that, and and the thing that I've always known about you, you have these masks that you wear uh, socially. And when you're at ground control, you're very much in, in one, wearing one mask. And when you're uh, on stage with a band or with a different, you, you have a mask for that. If you're on stage with a different band, you have a different mask for that kind of. And, but I, 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 you and I have had a few like real personal conversations, but not real, real in depth. So I don't know very much about you personally. So and okay. I thought this would be a great opportunity to, right. to did, talk about any um, as much of that as you're comfortable. I did come about. in with I did come in with the idea of like, am I just going to pretend I you know? Thanks for having this interview in my limo because <laughs> sort of a, a setup or pass the blow. <laughs> yeah. Or was I just going to be like, you know, hey, I'll darling, just, move I'll just your myself for a change. Move your ass off the mirror for a minute, will you? <laughs> I was like, I'll just be myself for a minute and I'll do the uh, brutal honesty. And if it if it sidetracks into absurdity that that's just part of who we probably all are anyway so i feel like it's safe to say that we appreciate radical and brutal honesty here <laughs> right? oh sure sure um you know as much as what you said yeah i the things i do and i don't think i'm really great at any of them but i'm okay at a bunch of them i, I sang i sing or have sang recently for a couple of bands blood penny which was like a punk goth rock right band, right which is kind of it's still around but it's uh, it's 
I don't even want to say on a hi- hiatus. It's inactive right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, Dormant. It doesn't mean that there'll be other in cryogenesis recordings <laughs> at some point in the future. Although I can't say for certain there'll ever be a live show again. Right. Unfortunately, because that was a lot of fun. Right. Um, permanent house guest is still. It actually is on a hiatus because Richard, seven foot tall gentleman who should also be on the program at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely um, want to talk to Richard. He, he is going to music school and has been for like oh. the last year and a half. And I think he finally. Graduates. Now you're in two different bands with him. No. No. Just one. Permanent house guest? Permanent house... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Permanent house guest. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Talk I did about, not... Talk about masks. That was the very first band I was in. That was like... That was actually a Christian punk party band. Rec- wow. <laughs> Christian punk party band. <laughs> wow, yeah. Wow. No, I meant to say... Everybody, have you heard about Jesus? You know, on Extraordinary Gentlemen is the band mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm, meant to mm-hmm. say... But permanent house guest is almost as unwieldy as that. Sure, sure, sure. So, <laughs> since it's a Christian punk party band, would Jesus be that permanent house guest? And yeah, if that so, was, that is was he the, a polite guest? That was the uh, that was the the uh, <laughs> subtext. Cor, well, per- <laughs> permanent house guest always makes me think of two things. One. Kato Kalin with that, right. that timely 1994 OJ trial humor. Uh-huh. And number two, the old SNL bit from the 70s, the thing that wouldn't leave. Well, there was a little bit of that too because some, I've always kind of been or surrounded myself with people that enjoy a self-deprecating sense of humor. Sure, sure, so sure. it was kind of like that was the subtext for the uh, the congregation, the the audience. <laughs> but we were also kind of just poking fun at ourselves because we knew we were just a bunch of goofballs, right? And, you right. Know, at various walks of faith or not, sure, we're pretty much just taking advantage of the places that we could play. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. A gig is a gig is a gig, right? Right. We have a lot of those those right. those lyrics that could be taken either way, sort of thing. Like Depeche Mode songs. Sure. Could it be about love. Could be about drugs. Could be about God. Could be about sex. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot it's of classic classic. I was going to say rock and roll, especially, but just classic musical things. Right, right. I mean, that, that's uh, multi-layered things. There's plenty of uh, of acts out there that have multiple layers to them that that combine things blissfully, like Prince, like uh, Madonna, um, <laughs> like you know, like even Nine Inch Nails to a degree. I mean, and I don't think he, I think he's pretty much an atheist, but I'm I think, so glad we're talking about Prince again. <laughs> yes. We definitely don't talk enough no, about Prince. You can't ever talk about Prince. And I've said this on the podcast before, and I've, we've talked about it before. I'm so very, very glad that, that, that with the 30th anniversary of Purple Rain, that, that Prince is kind of in the forefront again. He's been showing up on shows. He did the thing at the, was it the Golden Globes? He presented at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, he, the he and his, eye sunglasses. Yes, Those were amazing. Yes. He, and he and his, um, he and his massive, fabulous fro are just kind of popping up on TV screens and places here and there. Yeah, there's, that's real. been a point of contention amongst my workmates where some of them are, are, are pro-fro and some mm-hmm. of them are, they, I, I don't know what they want. They want to go back to like a greasy '80s look or something. I think they're just mm. used to the classic prints. And I'm like, no, I think the evolution of oh, the, he's the first is, album cover, uh, <laughs> Giant Fro, the For You album from 1978, well, was just him with a true. giant fro. Was he still going by his full name in that? No, no, it was just Prince. The only thing he ever went by Prince Rogers Nelson on was Minneapolis Genius. Okay, which was a. a, a I think Did the um, liner notes like I want to say like something like the first album that was 
prints he still had had like lyrics by and it showed like a little more of his name maybe i could be remembering that wrong though. yeah the 1978 (laughs) album he was supposed to be the new stevie wonder because he played all the instruments he did everything he did the drums the bass that he did all the production he did everything himself they just gave him a studio he went in he did it and then just and they gave it to the record producer and he was just like holy shit second album he pretty much did himself then he had the like the long kind of uh Mm -hmm. long kind of grease or uh not really, Jerry. It wasn't Jerry Curl. It was um, just really long hair, like almost long hippie hair, or uh, but really curly, um, like tumbly curly hair. It was just hunky dory. Sure, sure, yes, yes, yes. And but he did, um, he did most of that himself, and had a couple of of singers on that. And the first one was very disco, very light. The second one, although the first the first single was soft and wet, and that kind of really set the tone for everything after that. Prince is a very interesting individual. Boy, that now that would be a podcast. Guest. No offense, no offense to y'all, but I would love to get me some Prince on the podcast. But um, you'd have some listeners all of a sudden if you're worried about that now. <laughs> um, getting back to um, you, Eric. You know, okay. Prince is a kind Prince. of master of all trades, and you said um, you are a master of anything. But I dabble in all kinds okay. of things. Um, what would you say are your strongest? And I've suits had, and I've had positive response. Three. I shouldn't say I dabble in everything because that always makes makes me feel like I'm either an everyman, um, which I'm not. I'm not very crafty. I can't build a shelf to save my life, so I can't <laughs> say I'm an everyman. Um, and or it implies that I'm lazy and don't have any focus, which is only kind of true. Uh, <laughs> I should say I've done many things and had good response in each of these areas. Okay. But there's some sort of weird rebellious spirit that doesn't let me actually focus on one thing because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, okay, this is great. I, th- I would say the thing that I'm best at right now is um, art. I'm selling paintings. Oh, um, cool. Good. Yeah, I wanted to talk about some yeah, of that too. I've, but I've this usually surreal. I, want, I don't want to say abstract because that implies it's just like some color and shapes on a page. Would There's you usually say some sort of figure or theme going on. Mm-hmm. But Would you say more it's like pop surrealism? Like the stuff that's in like high fructose or juxtaposed or like at the Hive Gallery downtown? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm as good as any of the artists I've seen at any of those places or <laughs> in any of those magazines. But yeah, I would say that. Howard Hollis, who you've had on your show, sure. actually helped get me... Um, uh, my first gallery show, it was the Coaster Show, so it was mm-hmm, the group mm-hmm, show with mm-hmm. like 300, oh, at 300 people at La Luz. Congratulations. So that was, that was my first um, show. I didn't sell any coasters, but that's because I was trying to play the fickle art game of pricing them way too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never did get the, when I was selling photos, I never did quite get anything there's, right to sell it. I don't think there's any rhyme or no, there's not. It. It's so really... I, I, when I got them back, I um, framed them, I added more painted behind it, glued the coaster um, to other things, and I've sold like two out of four nice, coasters nice. now at a lower price. To like, well, I haven't know, seen France. your I haven't seen your paintings, but I have seen your your doodles on the backs of uh, uh, oh, the work receipts, receipts and stuff. Yeah. Love that, love that stuff. And I'll it's work all... the, I'll work a bunch of those into bigger paintings later. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm actually trying to figure out a way to make those into like coaster art or like different mm-hmm. things. Um, I just need a right now. I don't have a working printer scanner. Gotcha. So I either gonna have to do it old school and like lug down to like the the Kinko's office, whatever they're called now, the Staples Center office. Uh, I think it's yeah and, FedEx uh, office now. Right. is what it's called. You could and, always try screen printing as well. That's kind of popular. Yeah, but not in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, location, I do, location, location. I do. I do have um, uh, a friend who works at Ground Control uh, Victoria that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. has asked me about. 
doing like linoleum cuts and things like that because mm. I, I guess she does that as well as the other things that she does and I'm like sounds great I'm probably gonna just cut my fingers off but <laughs> I do remember doing a little bit of the the cutout stuff mm-hmm. I did the um uh the Joker with all the ha ha ha's yes in yes yes like in high school I mean it took for ever to cut out all those little ha 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 but then I made a bunch of prints of that and then threw it all away because I'm like it's copyrighted material I never want to do this I'm going to get in trouble because well, I worry I used to be very paranoid about that sort of thing <laughs> if you end up cutting a finger off one no one can say that you don't bleed for your art mm-hmm. and you know so long as you put I it put on ice I put blood in my art so. <laughs> chicks dig scars I've put blood in my art before but it's paintings yeah but if you lop off a finger <laughs> so long as you put it on ice and get to a hospital before something like six hours like they can reattach it no oh. big deal can I ask for them to put it on like upside down does it work that way <laughs> yeah, fingernail first just so, <laughs> so it's just a bone well, jutting out I don't know about the fingernail first because that might grow and then it grow into you and yeah you have a fingernail suck. growing up your hand yeah you should but ask for a like robot upside, finger that'd be cool but well, it's upside down so like all your fingers are normal <laughs> then there's one that you're like hey, oh that's oh yeah that's, that's first turn, glance, turned around notice yeah where it, b- it bends up instead of down yeah <laughs> yeah lie. Like, I was but i was thinking like if, you, if you put a fingernail first and then the fingernail grows up your arm and then you when you when you flex your fist then you have this thing sticking up so you could like sure. crap, backslash or something like the worst wolverine claws like the absolute worst wolverine the first time you do it, it just, like, peels off. You're like, ow. Oh, I broke a nail. <laughs> the nail. <laughs> I broke a nail and took my finger off again in the process. Ow. Yeah. That just hurts to think about. Ouch. Stop it. Ow, 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 ow. So I do that. I sing. Um, not just karaoke. Although what's funny is Blood Penny and, I want to say, the other band again. UXG. On Extraordinary Gentlemen both pretty much found me through ground control yeah, yeah, which is yeah, hilarious yeah. to me because I'm like karaoke's fun but a lot of people are like I don't do karaoke or, eh. well yeah you have this because this... you're singing other people's music right 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 right, right. with a cheat sheat right right and I don't like competitive karaoke where I'd actually have to know the songs no, I don't, I don't no, like the idea no, of that no. I think that's just... what makes ground control so great there's no sense of competition there it's a right. it's a very open friendly accepting accepting environment and and um you know it, we're about come and have fun with us yeah mm-hmm. be yeah our, be our friend yeah come and, come and <laughs> be yeah. really come and, come and be our friend i mean really come and just sing and have a good time and and uh i'd say it's more like a one of us one, one of, of us, us. yeah yeah gibble gobble cult like but yeah you know, i'm pretty sure that as far as i know andrew hasn't written up any manifestos or anything <laughs> no. that you know of. That I just, know of. <laughs> just avoid the tray of kool-aid in the corner and you're good no he's like a burner and stuff they're more yeah. into, they're all more into survivalists yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so i guess that's a little cult like too i guess you probably <laughs> well i have, have to, a lot of survivalist skills i have to say though that, <laughs> so we're ready that to take up into our you're you're bunkers. definitely one of the contributors to to ground control's cult status i have to say that well thank you i think no, no, that's good. That's good. There's, there's a, but there's a, and I'm not trying to shamelessly flatter you, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a mythic quality to you when you're on stage at Ground Control. There's, oh, a, there's you. a, the persona that you have have kind of <laughs> carved out there, really is has an air, a sense of mystery to it. There's definitely a mystique to your... your I've, just, I've just never figured out who I am. Kate no, I'm kidding. Mill- um, <laughs> no, man, that's fine, no, too. Actually, I, I do tell Andrew that. I was actually talking to him and, I think, Victoria Lane, another interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. friend, who about... It might not have been... Who oh, I know very, very, very peripherally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might have been somebody else, but we're talking about how I actually can 
like speak in a better cadence and with more feeling and with more confidence than I do at ground control. That's part of the character. The, there's a there's a nervousness to the, it. Yeah. The, the idea of that, and I I've realized lately that this might actually throw some new people off because I'm afraid that maybe that nervousness is then catching, and I don't want that. But the idea was that. Um, and this is the same reason I'll go up there and sing songs that I've never sang before because I want it to be hit or miss. It's like instead of always doing things that are in my wheelhouse, I want it to be that I'm the host and I can come up here and fail miserably. I might not, though. I might hit something accidentally out of the park and be like, whoa, I'm, wow, that was amazing, great. Or um, it'll, more than likely it's going to be somewhere in the middle where it's like, well, that kind of sucked at the beginning, but then it got better. Awesome. And I think that's the way it is for most people when they sing karaoke except for the superstars or whatever, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I want there to be that feeling of, if you've never been here before, if you're feeling like, mm, maybe I don't want to do this, I'm going to have to get really drunk first. Of course, we encourage that too, because, you know, we have to pay the bills. So sure, We want people sure. to buy stuff at the bar. Yeah, yeah. But We want Mike to keep his bar. <laughs> but, but, but the idea, part of the idea of that character is that I want you to know that we're all kind of on the same page here. Sure. I want it to be like an evener. How, how, because every, every other karaoke place you go to, the, the host gets up there and just completely fucking kills, crushes some song <laughs> out of the park and you, and then, and you're just like, oh God. And then you look around you and it's all these wannabe divas and it's just, uh, and ground control is doing the antithesis of that. Right. And part of your, your your persona is so disarming and so encouraging of people to just get on stage, be do what you do, don't worry about the 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 perception of quality or whatever. Just get up and do it and have it and have fun. Just right. have fun. Exactly. Get up there and have fun. What I find fascinating is, you know, we all wear different masks, we all have different personas, but it's not something that people readily admit to. Whereas you're like, oh, you know, like I have this persona for karaoke and I'm assuming you have like many, many more. Well that's um, important to me though. I don't want it to ever feel like I'm being fake, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I want it to be I never go so deep in I don't I don't Daniel Day Lewis my ass. <laughs> I, I play around like I'll, I'll talk in the car with friends about oh here's what I should do, here's how I should answer that question in the interview. Like but that's more of a game. Like when I actually mm-hmm. finally get there, it's like I just speak from my, my heart and hopefully my brain and, and it all works out. You know, so it's not I don't go method with my weird. No, I'm 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 just thinking of Daniel Day Lewis. I've always considered myself a karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) Or then Daniel Day Lewis's song, "You're a Bastard in a Basket Case." (laughs) (laughs) And then you're done. You're done singing your song. Like I'm finished. (laughs) How many personas would you say you have? Like at any given time? There's a well. That gets tricky because then you get into like all the hundreds. Uh, I'm like the failed writer, like uh, mm-hmm. epitome of that. Where it, well, not failed. They uh, haven't tried hard enough. The mm-hmm. the working work in progress writer. Right. Where I have tons and tons of stories from ba- as far back as like 1987 that I've retooled and rewritten. Oh wow! And I keep <laughs> I keep writing new stuff because new stuff interests me, and I'm done with the old stuff. And mm-hmm. So I just have lots and lots of amazing paragraphs, but none of them really. I've tried moving things around and doing the jigsaw puzzle. I'm like, no, that just really fit into one story. Sometimes they kind of start to do that. But anyway, going back to what you were asking is, if you count like that, then it's like, of course, when I'm writing, suddenly I'm like, well, I'm writing for this perspective or I'm writing from this character's perspective. But mm-hmm. I think that's a little different because that's more introspective. If you're talking about like, um, I don't want to say professional, I didn't really get paid for any of the 
<laughs> I don't I don't really get paid for hosting karaoke, mm-hmm. and I don't actually see any of the money from singing in bands. So, although that is, I guess, pro- technically professional. Um, I don't know. I would say the the main ones that I have right now are the one that I just recently kind of semi-retired for Blood Penny, mm-hmm. which was like the you know the Andrew Eldridge you know glasses and the hat and the rock and roll scarves right. and the, the, all the pins on the jacket. I still wear mm-hmm. that. That's pretty much the outfit I'll wear out when I go to like Disco Necro or mm-hmm. um, I'm just mentioning that one because I know that you were there last night. And Necro like, was, was weird. So was yeah, Kitty was too. Necro was, was weird last night. blocks away from where I live. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know that. I, know <laughs> so I mentioned that. I was like, um, I was in watching um, Blacklist, I think. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I was thinking about that. I'm like, it's funny. I'm I'm going like an hour and a half. It's not that long. It's like 45 minutes to your home tomorrow afternoon, and you're two blocks away from me right now. <laughs> Should I just done the podcast in Necro? <laughs> we'll just sit in the car. Is there any ambient noise? Yeah, there's lots of it. Okay, yeah. just hey, sisters in mercy in the background. We could just no. We just go out onto the patio where you know they only got the one speaker for the punk and the old stuff last yeah. night. They were and playing. they did open up that little like secret section that oh, they yeah. never open up. Yeah, but yeah. well, well that I have there. seen that open, but then Christian came along and said it should be closed so then another friend of ours Alicia just was like okay everybody out out of the pool get out out and then I I closed the gate and locked it so I went back I I was able to go back there too into that other little side building yeah 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 Yeah. it was like for an art it was like an after show art thing it wasn't for Disco Necro or I think it was just for one of the Miss B's kind of things so it was Mm -hmm. it was probably peripheral to one of the fetish things going on in the main bar but Mm -hmm. wasn't it was actually Separate. It was separate. It wasn't. But you had to go through people flogging <laughs> each other. That for makes fun, it sound you know, like it was even dirtier, in, in but public. it actually was the opposite. It was like more of like a traditional yeah. like art show, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go to Miss Kitty's when it was at the drop? Yeah. yeah, I used to do. I went there for a New Year's once. Really? I, I think I was there for New Year's once too. A long time ago. That was yeah, a long time ago. Very long. Yes. We're talking 2003, 2004. Oh, this was about three years later. Pre ground control. Uh, well, no, it was actually before I met my girlfriend, so it would have had to have been like 2004 into 2005, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I stopped so going like in about early. 2004. Yeah. Um, and for a little while, Suicide Girls was um, there, but then they moved down the street. Now they're next to the subway. <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat fresh. <laughs> yeah, that subway, too, not the metro. But the <laughs> well, they may have moved since then, I don't know. Um so, so an interesting town. going going more into like who you actually are. You said you lived in Canada. Oh, yeah, we're Cam- talking about. I'm sorry, we're talking about masks. I, I masks. Never, yeah. I never oh, yeah. well, then go, so, ahead. Yeah, I'm go sorry. ahead. Sorry about that. That's fine. I, I get I sidetrack. Easily, hey, this so, is yeah. this is the <laughs> sidetrack. Two hosts here. Tonight. If there's yeah. a wing in the Hall of Fame of sidetracking, <laughs> this podcast will have its own. Damn, I messed that All joke up. The if there's a museum, or if there's a uh, Hall of Fame, uh, yeah, anyway, I'll have my own wing. <laughs> so, anyway, so there's so there's there's and they're all they're all. A part of my name too, like for ground mm-hmm. control. There's that Frederick Malcolm von Schriek. I made. I didn't make up most of that. I think Andrew did. Mm-hmm. So, but he's like the right reverend. You know, this goes on some <laughs> tangent. I get embarrassed every time because it's like whatever. I'm just. So there's that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's um, there's Malcolm Shriek, who's the mm-hmm. singer for that, which is my middle name, Malcolm. My last name is Shriek. Um, I think we've established that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> with, a, with a name like Eric Malcolm Shriek, how could you not be in a goth band? Right, I mean, it exactly. was like it was like predestiny. Yeah. So there's so there's that there's the On Extraordinary Gentleman, which is I I'll say steampunk because we've played a lot of steampunk conventions, but really mm-hmm. we're just more of a synth goth band mm-hmm, that dresses mm-hmm. in Victorian costumes and with a violin added. With a vi- bass player, violin. The rest is done on computers, but we try to make it sound like 
orchestras and things right. like that. So it's sure. not too. We basically wanted to. It's our love of like um, that style of literature, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which we didn't know was a sure thing the Jules Verne kind of yeah, thing mixed with um, Richard and I just being big lovers of that like um, that synth noise of like the early eighties. Sure, and, sure. Like you know, Love Is a Stranger and mm-hmm, early Depeche mm-hmm, Mode mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Real was, synth, was synth pop stuff. Was always my very stuff, right. favorite stuff. That bittersweet songs that have yeah. a very disconnected but simple, almost like Yazoo has perfect. Yes, it's like very disconnected, it's sad. cold. It's mm-hmm. just sound. Sad. But then like the voice is full of humanity. Right in yeah. the field. You're right. Yeah, it's like, the the music right is light fields. and bubbly and mm-hmm. synth poppy, but the the lyrics are very very sad. And that that's was what one I like of our about intentions that. about Andre yes. Gentleman too, which we don't always do, but we try to do. It's a little secret. Is we do try to make the peppier songs actually be about something that's not so peppy right and sure songs that sound really you know yeah yeah uh, i mean i think of i think of like you know? i think of like uh yeah the yeah the, the two yazoo albums just mm-hmm. all the way through everything is just bittersweet it's is so my bittersweet emotion. yeah yeah the decemberists do that a lot too where they have these like poppy like upbeat melodies and things like that but then it's just like my girlfriend just died and yeah. my parents are dead and my sister's dead and everyone's dead but it's like you know if you're just listening to the song and dancing to it you're like wow this is so much fun Oh my gosh, it's so upbeat. I think it's one of the things that um, signifies On Extraordinary Gentleman is kind of a steam, being, I, wanna, I don't want to say a steampunk band, but um, to have a steampunk audience is because that's also kind of a cabaret vaudeville kind of a style. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to hang on, man. I'm going to stop the other guy. You know, like, it's that really yeah. kind of happy, sure. gleeful murder or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, yeah, definitely. There's so many, there's a lot of bands that are like that. Like Ben Folds, a lot of his has a lot of right, tragedy yeah. in it. And and um, and I was thinking of someone else too, and now I can't. But but the steampunk thing, it, it's, it's um, I don't think this, I, I, I like the fact that for a while the steampunk thing was really, really big. And then it kind of eased off. And now it's more in like a little, little bit here and a little bit yeah. there. It's found a good balance. I yeah. think the steampunk... Uh, aesthetic, I want to call it. It's not really a movement. It's not really a genre. It's more of an aesthetic. It's a it's a style of dress. It's right. tech, it's Victorian and technology kind of blended. But then you also have a lot of like steampunk larpers and sure. you know like steampunk role playing and sure. things like that. So it depends on how deeply you want to get into it. But unlike other music genres, things like the swing revival and the scoff of the fourth wave stuff from the late nineties, early two thousands, it hasn't completely utterly deluged us and beaten us over the head it really kind of settled into okay it found a balance and that's what i like about it there's another band and we're going to have them on next week uh, or uh, in a um yes where our next episode is you're um, having yes on no <laughs> but but interesting you say yes because they're a prog rock band um uh they're called rocket scientists and we had a mini episode with them and we're having them on for a full episode Excellent. next next week and um they do very much sound very much like a prog rock band from the from the seventies and eighties and, and into early nineties of that progressive rock sound. The Yes, the Asia, the you know all of that. Alan Parsons and all that, but they dress steampunk. 
and it's really cool. And these, but these are much older guys. These are guys who've been in music for a very long right, time. Right. I mean, the bass player played with Elvis okay. in Vegas. Whoa. So yeah, so that'll be cool. But so it's nice to see that. There's a cat on my lap there. When me. it's it's like what I was going back to, like when you see those other things, you see certain things, and you go, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Here's yet Y E T A N O T H E R another person doing blah. I have never felt that way about steampunk. For a while, there was a little bit like that. It you was know, getting probably, there. probably yeah. about five, six years ago, it was getting it to be about like that, but then it kind of eased off. And now, when you see it, it's still quaint and and fun and and well, and interesting. Of, whatever I I don't know if there's any such thing as steampunk movies or music. I guess there kind of is. But what I mentioned as a nut, sky captain, the world of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. There's also well, that's that more terrible like, people are Wild, Wild West. The, 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 yeah, the the remake of the Wild Wild West, the TV show Wild Wild West, definitely. Great, that was great. I actually like the movie too. I know. There's things I like about the movie. Yeah. The giant spider at the end, I did not like. But other I than was that, I fine with the giant spider. I thought it was great looking. But yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I realize I'm in the minority. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Everybody. I um. Th- those are pretty much the three like personas that I. Those are the cool. main ones. There's other ones. There's probably several more, but those mm-hmm. are the most defined ones. It's are, not really that. One. Would you say those are the ones? Uh, that, the one I like... use at work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> work mode. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that those personas are the ones that uh, we, the public, see the most from you? Um, or yeah, are there other I would ones? say the one that's probably most like me is going to be Malcolm Shriek from On Extraordinary Gentleman. Okay. He's going to be the one that's probably the um, the wittiest mm-hmm. without being mean. Like Frederick Malcolm Von Shriek at Ground Control, even though he wants everybody to be nice and happy, will mm-hmm. often come up and say he, something he's sarcastic. A bit, he's a bit snarky, sarcastic, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, um, I mean, Malcolm... Malcolm Shriek from Modern Story Gentleman will say some of the darkest things, mm-hmm. but there's always kind of like, but no, his hat's always cocked and his eyebrows always up. Kind of there's thing. this so, gleam you know, and a twinkle in the yeah, eye. He's, kind of he's thing. definitely more of like, I'm more puckish, more exactly. sprightly. He's definitely right? more of like a, a trickster character. I'd be interested to see an action figure pack for each of us, <laughs> you know, and just like, what would you put in said action figure pack? Like, what would be the default outfit, and what, like, you know, couple of items would each? Persona what an come utterly with? thoroughly nerdy question. <laughs> That's awesome. I could do that too because it's it's you know like actors, you know, when they do different roles, sometimes all it takes, depending on the level of their skill is all I have to do is brush my hair part my hair a different way you know and now I'm a different character you know all I have to do is walk around with my head up in the air like this you just made me flash back to when I was a kid (laughs) when I was a kid I was into Steve Austin yeah. This is 1975, mind you. Yeah. Back in the 1900s. <laughs> yeah. I was into Steve Austin. It's more of a I was into Rock. Jill in, Gerard's Buck Rogers. Yeah, yeah. I was, no, this is before that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was 80s. That's true. This is 75, 76. I was watching, I was always watching The Six Million Dollar Man. I was always watching the 1960s Batman series, yeah. Adam West and Burt Ward. And I wanted to be Robin. So I would part my hair one way to be Steve Austin, and I part my hair the nice. other way to be Robin. Ah. And just by going upstairs and combing my hair one way or the other to part it, then I was that character. And then yeah. I'd take my towel, my safety pin and I was oh, Robin course. or then I would put on my little red jammies and I was Steve Austin and <laughs> so well you know what was great is when I first was introduced like many Americans to Doctor Who is the Tom Baker years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and my mom actually had like a it wasn't exactly the same but it was this multicolored like uh, pumpkin and orange and yellow and brown scarf that was like you know probably only five or six feet long. Right, right. But so I was 13, much right. smaller. So <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked. It was like, this is amazing. I have the giant scarf. And he had a big floppy hat, too. Cool, cool. It was more like his later nah, red yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The red hat, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tell us what would be in your action figures uh, okay. for each persona. Um, all right. 
Now, I'm trying not to say um and like too much, because that's horrible broadcasting skills, but <laughs> I'm doing um, it anyway, so... Um, like, yeah. Just, um, just we'll edit those out in post. <laughs> <laughs> I know how the show works. Nothing is going to be edited anywhere. We should uh, come up we, we should come up with a fake engineer, like a like a ghost engineer, like, did you get that, Jimmy, or whatever? <laughs> you know? hmm. And cue sound effect. <laughs> um... Yeah, so, okay, for Blood Penny, it would be the glasses, mm-hmm. and it would be the pinned um, jacket. And that's mm-hmm. really all. He usually wears a hat. It's, like, a little taller than my other hats. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a, um, what do they call it, a coachman's hat, mm-hmm. okay. rather mm-hmm. than, like, a bowler. Mm-hmm. On our scenario, gentlemen, it would be pinstripes, um, a bowler. Mm-hmm. That's all I really need for that. Maybe a, cane, things, maybe a cane? Maybe. I don't always use that, though. I was going to... You were just asking for one or two. It's like, well, I could go into the whole character. I said, like, default outfit and then, like, one or two objects. The same right. way oh, okay. you would get, like, with the like, Yeah, like, a, like your, oh, okay, okay, like your, right, your Todd like McFarlane set that comes oh, with also, a couple... Also comes with Kung Fu action grip. I got <laughs> yeah. it. Okay, so for Onyx Ordinary Gentleman... A microphone. With Malcolm Shriek, it would... Well, yeah. Maybe. Without the mic, it probably would come with a microphone stand, but that'd <laughs> yeah. be like an accessory you'd buy with like an alternate, um, with an alternate. Well, that would be the stage set, outfit. the, the yeah, stage pl- action the play stage set. Play. So it'd probably be, it'd probably be like a, a walking stick with weird mm-hmm. designs all over it. It'd be the that would come with it. That'd be the accessory. Um, I guess a microphone too, um, mm-hmm. like a microphone stand, which would be weird. But I guess I manage it in real life. So, uh, <laughs> and it would be the pin street. It would be the whole Victorian outfit with the kind of Gregory Peck actually too, and some of the old Hitchcock movies. Classy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the three piece suit with the the, mm-hmm. the gray mm-hmm. and the black pinstripes at a certain doesn't not so wide. I've far come apart to sing some songs. And the and the, the, the bowler hat and. Probably an ascot, but it might be a string tie, and mm-hmm. it's something a little little off, like the hat's cocked. I also the hair's parted down the middle usually, that sort of thing. I'm growing these out again because UXG's the the sideburns out again mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a little more Victorian. Like you do. Yep. And UXG should be coming back in May, hopefully. Martin chops. <laughs> Martin chops. Nah, not much chops. My girlfriend would probably disown me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for blood pen, would be the again the glasses, uh, the coachman's hat, the the pinned jacket and like the purple tight pants which shouldn't work but actually managed to work on me instead of making it make me look hipster it makes me look more like well part of punk is being looking like you're uncomfortable i mean yeah. really, really you <laughs> look at every you look at every purple jeans you yeah. look at every punk outfit and they look like they're about ready to burst out of their clothes like they're completely uncomfortable right something they're all safety pinned together the accessories would just be all the like the 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 not fingerless gloves. I use those more in UXD. I guess those would be part of that outfit. But mm-hmm. just all kinds of sp- various well, spangles. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the, the, or... vacu- the vacuum cleaner, like rings that oh, you use. Oh, sure, sure, like the black sure, plastic, sure. Sure, you know, yeah, Bracelets yeah. and all of that stuff. So that would probably be... I don't know if that would be the accessory. Get these little tiny black rings to put on his wrist. <laughs> might be a choking hazard. <laughs> I guess the accessory for that one would be like... Um, uh, flying skull with wings vehicle or something. It'd be something nice. that doesn't exist in real life, but mm-hmm. it would be like some vehicle that's incorporated from the logo that we use, which is off gotcha. of like a nice. cemetery tomb with like the skull and the mm-hmm. I guess vaguely Nazi-esque because they, <laughs> <laughs> but as I found out later like they, liked, they just liked using skulls and lightning bolts. There was, I remember there it was, was a happened big, to also there was be a cool big, Images, damn it. There was a big controversy with the first uh, Tomb Raider movie, Lara Croft Tomb Raider uh-huh. movie, because she had a belt buckle that was taken from a Nazi SS logo. They had this skull logo that they used. 
um, on some of their insignia and stuff, and she had that belt buckle with all the swastikas and SS right. lightning bolts removed, but it was that, and people were like, and it's like, it's just a skull and crossbow. Yeah. Just a skull. And, by, and for the record, this wasn't taken from anything like that. It really was. I found out the story of that, and it's it's more gothic than anything else. It sure. Came, it came, from, it was like a cropped tomb somewhere sure. that they found. And sure. Took right, that out of right, it. right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. It just also happens to be. It, 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 is, it is a shame. Motif. It's the same motif. As some it is a things. shame that that there are certain things that we don't that we shun now because somebody fucked it up for everybody else. Right. You know, there is that. Well, that's the power of symbols and the power of words. And yeah. you know, you can be a purist and be like, "But that's not what it actually means." And that's a. Uh, but that's, that's what it became for the majority of people. And yeah. That's a fun pedantic. Did I pronounce that right? I pronounce things incorrectly. Pedantic, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do pronounce things incorrectly a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Great speller, horrible pronouncer. Er. Um, <laughs> I believe it's pronunciation. <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I won't go into that story because it's, it's saying something ill of somebody else. Oh, but no. I remember on Story Gentleman played of a band once, and we were saying, hey, great job. What's your name again? And we said their name, and they totally did that. We're like, no, actually, it's pronounced. You know, and we're just like, okay. Nope, nope. My name is spelt <laughs> Raymond Lunchriatched, but it's pronounced Throat Wobbler Mangro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, you guys are called John and the Saints. I'm just making up a name now. So if a John and the Saints band actually exists, I'm sorry about that. But and they, were like, they would have said, like, no, we're actually called Johan and the Saints. You know, something like that. And you'd be like, yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I feel like everyone should get a pass for French words because they'll have, like, four letters at the end of every word that you don't pronounce. It's like, oh, that E-U-X? Yeah, you don't say that. Well, why? Because fuck you, that's why we're French. France. <laughs> yeah. You know that one of the first songs I sang at Ground Control was uh, Talking Heads' um, Psycho Killer. I love that song. I'm really, really bad at French, even worse than some other languages. Mm-hmm. And um, Qu'est-ce que c'est? Mm-hmm. I thought it was pronounced Quesa Quesa. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. Li- I, well, had, I had to live that down for a while, actually. I think Andrew still occasionally goes. If you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a band or you're gonna have a thing that's like a public <laughs> thing, and you come up with a name that you're constantly having to correct people on how to pronounce. <laughs> That's probably not the wisest choice, said the guy whose Twitter handle is St. Michael spelled S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. But, you know, but, hey, when I when I first came up with a with a website name, S-T-M-I-C-H-A-E-L was taken up by a church. So I couldn't do that. So There was a DJ in uh, uh, Kansas that had the strangest spelling of Eric I'd ever seen. Clearly not born with it. It was like A-E-R-Y-C-K. So it was just... No, it's just Eric. It's like I'd never seen. I'd seen a lot of different. Well, I actually knew a guy. I worked with a guy whose whose name was Michael, and it was spelled M Y K L. It was on his driver's license and everything. And so I, and I was just like, well, I couldn't do Saint Michael S T M I C H A E L. So I was like, hmm. So it's like, oh, M Y K L. Oh, S A Y N T M. Oh my God! Now I was. I'm an IT guy. Have been for a very very long time. And when I started working at this company in 2000, I had my website, and I showed it to somebody. He goes, oh, I thought it was going to be all about tech, because I thought it was, say, NT, Michael. Like, mm. NT, like Windows NT. Oh, right. And I was like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Saint. I think the funniest thing is trying to hear uh, my GPS pronounce some of the Spanish street names, <laughs> you know? Turn like, right on Coyanga. Yeah. <laughs> um, Waze is very... Um, down with pronouncing that Kahunga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I switched my navigator over to the uh, British 
uh, the lady British uh, navigator mm-hmm. voice. Oh, it's even and worse. they don't even bother with street names. <laughs> I, I get turn left in point one of a mile, exit right, and that's it. No street names, no. Like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. So, At least they don't say kilometers. Yeah, kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you can switch back and forth, and oh, it does switch nice. back and forth. Um, so uh, when I first moved to camp, another street name mispronunciation, real quick. When I when I used to live in the Northwest for twelve years, I lived between like Seattle and Portland. Like woo Portland, to, I love Portland. I'd actually like to retire there someday. I say you're too old to retire there. I, you have to be in your twenties. No, <laughs> true fact. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised what I can do in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> he looked wistfully off up into the sky. Well, did you ever the... live in Portland? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. lived there for about a year. So I lived on you know, under the bridge, basically, oh. which was over. Um, like they say that cities don't have a bad area and Portland mm-hmm. really doesn't. No, they for, don't. <laughs> but but we did find, you know, there is there's a there's the only place I've lived where there is a uh, a foot patrol that ran past our house one evening mm-hmm. in pursuit of somebody. We'd go to the nearest gas station, always find spent shell casings. Mm-hmm. And um and our house actually had bullet holes in the windows. Oh so wow. I was like, we found the most dangerous block in Portland. Yes. <laughs> that is very real for Portland. Um when I was about to move up there, I was asking um some friends, you know, like I'm a single girl I don't want to move anywhere that's unsafe you know like what are the quote unquote bad neighborhoods and they're like sweetie there are no bad neighborhoods like you're from Los Angeles like the worst neighborhood we have in Portland is maybe as bad as you know North Hollywood like Mm. don't even worry about it (laughs) <laughs> on the opposite side of that, I always get annoyed when people are like, I'm going to move here because it's safer there, you know, generally, like like, mm-hmm. like city-wise, or this city is better, this state's better. And I'm like, you know, bad things happen everywhere. Everywhere. I think it's just something that I have to think about a little bit more, like, as a woman, you know, and existing oh, sure, in a female sure. body. So, well, bad so. things happen everywhere even more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's pretty much yeah. the yeah. unfortunate case. I, yeah. I just, I had to admit that I didn't even realize that until probably <clears throat> late last year, early this year, as mm-hmm. I started getting into these kinds of conversations with women friends, and I was just like, really? Because I'd heard weird stories from ex-girlfriends and stuff about yeah. that one random guy on the bus that you know is <laughs> masturbating next to you <clears throat> or something. Hashtag I, yes, every th- woman. Yeah. And, yeah. Then I, and then I hear that Definitely. from another girlfriend. And then it's like, and then I just heard about all these horrific things that happen on mm-hmm. a, like fucking daily basis. Every and I'm girl like, has a story. Every and usually one, yeah. multiple stories. And it's it's that it's, it runs that that gamut of 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 grays from oh oh I got a weird creepy feeling off this guy right. all the way up to rape and assault. I mean, then mm-hmm. there's that whole range in between. And it's usually multiple stories. And it's yeah. great that we have the internet so, you know, we can all share these stories. And it's great that men are starting to realize, oh, this isn't just an isolated incident and another isolated and incident. And no, she wasn't asking for it. Who yeah. would? <laughs> well, yeah, I was past that when I was like Sure, sure, six. sure. But, 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 <laughs> but, but I mean, just but, hammering but it I, home. It was just that, mm-hmm. that thing where I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a... Um, a consciousness of that reality. Right. It wasn't like somebody had told me that this happens all the time, and I was like, "Sure, it does." Right. Well, that's you the know, really. It was just like, like I had no idea. Yeah, you just don't know because it, it doesn't happen to you. Yeah. And 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 when you're a woman, there's just this whole other suitcase full of stuff. Yeah. That you have to worry about. It's the insidious or think about. Um, part about privilege. Like the absolute worst part about any sort of privilege is it hides itself from those who have it. That's why, like, um, one of my favorite articles to explain privilege is called "Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack." You don't even know it's there, you know, until somebody points it out to you. Right. 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 
Anyways. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good. These are all valid points, and this stuff needs to be talked about more, and, and I'm perfectly happy talking about it on the on the, on the the podcast, because it needs to be. Awesome. Um, going back to the very beginning, when I said yeah, I really I keep, don't... I, like, I keep interrupting the host whenever he's about to try to ask me a question. About <laughs> going not, back to... Not intentional. Sorry. Going back to, to you, and knowing you, and you said you lived in Kansas City. Where else have you lived? Where'd you grow up? What, um, what's your, I've been what's back your and forth. educational background? Things right. like that. So I've been back and forth between the West Coast and the Midwest, mm-hmm. essentially. I was mm-hmm. born in Baker City, Oregon. Or I think it's now just Baker, Oregon. It's gone back and forth through the years. Right. Um, which is in eastern Oregon. Uh, the closest thing anyone would know about is maybe Pendleton. Sure. Which is kind of mid-Oregon, which mm-hmm. is where mm-hmm. they make the wool. Pendleton Wool Company. They have mm-hmm. a Pendleton Roundup, big rodeo. If you're into that sort of thing, that's where that happens. So, so we were like, you know, not there. But I was born east of there. Um, and then when I was like two and a half, I grew up in Villa Park, Illinois. So just outside oh, of yeah. Chicago yep. until I was about eight years old. And then, whoop, back to the West Coast in uh, Mount Hood, actually, um, about a mile and a half, not a mile and a half, it wasn't that far, um, three acres, three and a half acres, anyway, off of a dirt road behind a way station, mm-hmm. up Highway 26, going towards, like, government camp where the ski area starts and the timber line starts to fade, so we lived we're mountain folk for a few years. Nice, nice. <laughs> and then... Um, Never suckle the juice out of a tractor. Yeah. Well, what's funny was there is I was so used to hearing traffic every night mm. from living in a city. I mean, we were a suburb of Chicago, but sure. it's still like... Still a city. Still, still a city. yeah. Lots of cars. neighborhood. Lots of cars. Lots of ambulances and police and stuff. That suddenly being out in nature was like weird. Yeah, it was yeah. like you heard the distant highway and the trucks going by, but that was more soothing. You know, especially if it was raining, you just heard that... Yeah, Everyone's Where you don't even really hear the engine noise, you just hear the yeah, whoosh. Yeah, you just hear the, the, you hear the tires, tires going by and the, right. Um, and you'd have the wild animals in the wilderness, and it was wonderful. I'd, I'd go mud rocking in my, bar- my, you know, my, my boots out in the, the creek bed in the spring. Uh, you know, just, I love... It wasn't dry, but the water wasn't there. I love backwoods kind of creek yeah, and uh, let's go. All kinds of tree climbing, but really sappy trees, so that was kind of... Always have... Yeah, you always get the sap on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I... So what was that? So that was nine mm-hmm. and then moved to actually so from there for the next 12 years it was somewhere between going to a couple different high schools a couple different grades so you schools, bounced around a, a lot of different did you ever class. have time to like plant roots at all or make really no. good friends no you were just kind of always the no. new guy everywhere i always had like one or, i always had one or two <laughs> Mil- real good friends but they always were like kind of it sounds horrible but kind of easily not forgotten but easily like um, dispensed with, I guess. Like, you did or they, they just they passed through. They yeah. passed through. Um, did were, but I still am mil- with military from family? No. Well, my dad was an army guy, but I was not an army brat. Like he was mm. done with that by the time he sales. Uh, no, he was uh, airport airlines. Oh, he airline yeah, guy. airline. He's retired now for a few airline years, people move around. Like, can worked, move around. He a worked lot. on ground crew for like sure. 30, 40 years. Gotcha, gotcha. So that was yeah. The, the and you have to go. And you have to go where the work is because yeah. if there's a strike in a city or if there's a an he got anything transferred from Chicago to either Detroit, right? Or so was he working? Portland. Was he, he working? Uh, Portland was a better place to raise. Was he working ground. ORD or was he a uh, the ground crew guy? Where so at, at, uh, Northwest Airlines uh, Nor- at O'Hare? At, yeah, already. And like twice a year, he had to go to Milwaukee where everything. Sorry for my my airport uh, TLA or uh, uh, god damn it 
Yeah, TLA. Sorry for my <laughs> sorry for my airline TLA knowledge. Uh, my dad's a an airplane guy, so yeah. So my so because of that, we moved around. Okay, okay. Every once in a while. So then, did you did you do college at all, or did you just kind of? I went to community college for like, like did, a yeah. semester because I had an art scholarship. Sure. Uh, Ooh, nice. So I spent my money on that, mm-hmm. and that was it. There was, in retrospect, I should have gone to like um, Evergreen College, mm-hmm. one of those liberal arts colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been. This is going to be weird because I don't want to get into politics, and I know that you're probably more liberal than I am, although I'm more liberal than I used to be, mm-hmm. where I've always been fairly middle of the road politically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now it's like I kind of lean over yeah, into I the, keep le- lean dr- to the left. I keep drifting, <laughs> drifting to the left, drifting to the left. But I also, that's kind of weird because whatever, that's just getting into like, if there really is a right and a left, it's like, yeah, well, there really isn't just, anymore. That's, there just, really isn't a, anymore. that's just a meteor that we used the to The left went to the middle US and the right, and the right went to fantasy land, out. but yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that you're more uh, center left, you know, rather than like the persona that you present, which seems like super far all the way to the left, you know, like crazy bohemian. Well, and all the of thing that. is, I'm I'm independently thinking person, and so <laughs> my opinions or my views on every single thing don't is, fall into one box own. right yeah, right like, they don't well, fall in any I'm for one. this but I'm against this I'm for and against this depending on the situation you know mm-hmm. so it's never like oh I have to be against this because right. that's the party line you party know, me right? just wants to say like gasp critical thinking yeah. impossible yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like but <laughs> well, I will also I'm be the s- first to admit that I don't research things as much as I really should well I used know? to register as a moderate I'll find, or like, independent. I'll find like one thing and latch on to it mm-hmm. if it happens to like oh that's important to me yeah. But it's like I really do understand, and I think everybody that I'm I lack, and I think that everybody should be more aware of all the stuff that's going on around them as much as, much as they can. Right. Certainly, people right. have a responsibility. Well, but, to but don't beat up on yourself if you're not right. And I used to be <laughs> more. To be I used well to consider informed. myself more moderate too. But the world has changed, and the political sphere has changed yeah. in the last fifteen twenty years to where the whole ball moved to the right. Yeah. Yeah. So people on the left moved to the middle and the people and the, the right moved out into like way, way right. So the world has changed. So I have to keep kind of pushing (laughs) myself to, I'm butting up against the left trying to enter. Yeah. I'm swimming upstream up the, up the, up the lefty, lefty stream. So I find myself having to do that just to, just to be able to, to sleep. You know, I mean, just to be because it just it just seems like the more time goes on, it may be a little bit of that. My views might not have changed that much since high school. It's just that, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm finding myself well, more to the left than it. I grew up in I Colorado, and people there tend to be a bit more into the right, into the center to right. right. So I'm I cha- those things have all just through education and actually mm-hmm. informing myself. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, this is all bullshit. I have to, I'm really more like this. So. I'd love to get into those kind of conversations with you off of the microphone. Sure, 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 oh, sure. Of course. But, uh, yeah, I don't but, want to get into so, it. <laughs> Let's so talk about you, religion. So you went to... You went to <laughs> all right, religion. So. Um, Bowie is God. Um, crazy. Is, um, oh, there was something that reminded me of Bowie on the way here, besides everything. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was, though, so never mind. Look around, everything reminds us of Bowie. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk. Let's let's do deep dive. We're we're getting um, we're pushing toward our our, uh, our out time oh, a little nice. bit. But let's let's <laughs> I was I was let's like, go down. We've hardly touched anything. Let's go down the 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 the, the pop culture okay. rabbit hole. Let's talk Doctor Who. Let's talk music. Let's talk. Well, uh, all right. So, mm-hmm. what did you think of? Uh, uh, have you watched all of series eight? 
No, to, to I mean, I mean, uh, oh, I because I like to watch them with my girlfriend, and we don't have cable, so I have, have to, to wait, wait for the, gotcha. the discs and stuff like that. I, can, I, 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 I have actually watched some of them. I can help this you is, with this. This is a confession. Oh, oh, Jen, Jen. I did watch a couple of the episodes at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. when I first was able to find them online somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but then I was like, okay, I'm going to stop because I right, want to sure. be cool. Um, I, I can help <laughs> you. I, had to I can help you view those right before you know. Actually, the DVDs or the Blu-rays are out now, but um, I haven't gotten them yet. But well, I, I have them coming like this week. Okay, well, there you the go. First two discs, and if if you were to like lend me a copy that you have somewhere, I would probably already be getting them in the mail. Sure, there you go. At the same time, right. well, so you'll be. But I appreciate soon. the offer. But now, so get, so from what know. you have seen of Capaldi, what did you think? I like him. I I think um, Jennifer says that he's a combination of the first Doctor and the Sylvester McCoy, the seventh Doctor, which I found an interesting observation. Rather shrewd observation. <laughs> I I agree. I think he's he has the the crotchiness, the crotchety <laughs> old manness of the first Doctor. Right. He has kind of eschewed the second Doctor because Matt Smith was trying to do old man trapped in a young man's yes. body, bouncing all over the place. And if you watch. He informed his performance by watching the second Doctor. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Capaldi, but Capaldi grew up watching the entire series from the beginning. He's mm-hmm. he's doing he's doing one, four, and with a with a little bit of the dramatic of three. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the co- certainly costume wise, it's a little more magician-y, showman yes, kind of thing. Um, he's not very gadgety though. Like three, he's very very just him in his mind in the Sonic. Even the sonic screwdriver is a bit more than five. He's very resourceful. But he's really doing one and four. The eccentricity of four with the grouchiness of like one and six kind of thrown in. And he's really doing a very big departure from from 11. Well, as someone who's only seen, you know, the more recent Mm -hmm. Doctors, like starting with uh, Christopher Eccleston all the way to Capeldi, I like that they're casting fans of the original show, like David Tennant and Peter Capeldi. And you can see that come through a little bit in Capeldi's performance. Like, he's definitely going for the, like, cranky space grandpa, you know? And it's yes. a return to, like, those original doctors. There's, yes. A lot of the specials have had a lot of focus on, like, um, on Verity and, um, they, they've, I thought that was nice. Like, the original producers and the woman, I can't remember her name. The woman, Verity Lambert. No, that was the, the producer, but oh. the, uh, the music maker, the oh, pioneer yes, of yes, yes, yes. Um, that her name, I can't remember her name, Mary Lambeth? No, that's yeah, not something. something. I can't like believe we're all spacing on uh, this. <laughs> we should turn in our nerd cards uh, right now. Because <laughs> Dudley Simpson did the incidental music later, but she didn't do the original it was BBC Radiophonic Workshop, and, and I can't right, remember. Right, yeah, her name. it was kind of nice. With, yeah. It was kind of nice to kind of because I know like um, Verity was only in there for a little while before she kind of got pushed out. Right. But um, but it was kind of nice to see like oh here's who was really here's what was really going on instead mm-hmm. of the names you may have seen if you were watching it you know back yeah. in the day. Of course, that's classic series. You're talking right. about the millennial epoch, right? Right. Which is <laughs> the last. Speaking couple. of, Netflix is going to be uh, removing all only, of Doctor only Who streaming, really though. soon. Yeah, we found out it was only streaming. So it. But I mean, who still gets discs delivered? Well, really? I do because there's a lot of things that um, aren't streamed. Aren't streaming. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's why I'm getting the Doctor Who stuff um. because they still don't have. They didn't have Series Seven up for like until just recently. Mm-hmm. Delia Derbyshire. That's there we go. Derbyshire. And written That's... by John Ron Grainer. Ron Grainer wrote the song. Right. Delia is the one who actually made Rob it. Rob Grainer Orker, yeah. Ron Grainer and the BBC and then uh, realized by Delia Derbyshire. Der- De- he wrote it. Right. She's the one who actually 
engineered it. it. She made it happen. She, she actually it happen. performed it and realized it and made it happen. So, yeah. Oh, but um, what I was going to talk about with the doctor is it's like people talk about who's your doctor, who's Garbage. your favorite. And I always talk about, you know, going back um, and rewatching as much as was possible sure. at the time, all of the when I first got Netflix, all the discs and mm-hmm. all the stuff I get my hands on, all the specials and stuff. I, I, that really, <clears throat> I realized that I didn't really have a favorite. I was a fan of the character. And I thought that mm. was a great testament to like the show. It was like, mm. first of all, you have yes. decades yes. to instill yes. that in you know mythology into somebody's brain mm. instead of a couple of seasons and we're canceling you. So, of course, <laughs> some of that's just going to be... Um, Incidental is going to be by osmosis, you know, just because there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, well, no, I understand why. I can even look back and understand why um, Colin's character was kind of, you know, kind of, yeah, kind I, of a dick. Colin, <laughs> Colin's character, I had a lot of problems with when he came out because I was big, 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 huge on Peter Davison, and mm. at the time, Peter Davison had the shortest run of anyone, even mm-hmm. shorter than the nicest, doctor. the second Doctor. And Peter <laughs> Davison was great. Because he broke the sonic screwdriver broke third episode, and then he would get out of situations with a cricket ball or with a ball, a piece of string, or he was very like MacGyver doctor. You gotta find and out what the he was, was also the most compassionate right. of the doctors. He was the one who really struggled for the little man and really wanted to end oppression. He almost shot Davros in the face. He had nice. a gun. He had a Dalek weapon pointed at Davros's face and was mm-hmm. going to execute him and then couldn't do it. But he was the most compassionate doctor. And Peter Davison was on All Creatures Great and Small right. as Tristan Farnan, the kind of as much as a British guy in the 1940s can be a hot shit vet veterinarian, you know, like a hot shot veterinarian, he was kind of the ladies' man, kind of partier, drink too much, um, the difficult brother of the main main character. But he, for years and years and years, it was Tom Baker. Because I started watching in 77, probably about... Three years after they started showing in Dallas was the first place in America. Then they moved around. Denver got Doctor Who in 77. I started watching immediately. And then I was watching through, and it was just repeat after... uh, Seven years of Tom Baker on repeat over and over and over and over, all year long. And you'd see the same ones over and over and over again. So in the final season, we finally got to the place where we were seeing episodes brand new episodes from BBC a month after they aired in the, in in Britain. So when that and the but that only started in the 19 the 1980 season where that last season of Tom Baker happened that we only started getting new stuff then. So we had this final season of Tom Baker and then here was this new doctor coming along, new logo, new look, new everything, new TARDIS console after the 50th. Then plus the 20th anniversary special, the five doctors was coming up. So it was really really exciting all this stuff and Doctor Who was really so we're starting to be conventions in 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 America and things like I went in 83 to Chicago and I went in 85 in Denver. And so all this new stuff and that why it was really exciting was really disappointing for me when Peter Davison left after such a short time and then along comes Colin Baker and I instantly hated him because he was so the opposite he almost seemed like a lack of compassion with him but if you really look at him and go back and deep dive and now I'm an adult too he had the same level of compassion that the fifth doctor had he just his whole thing about being grumpy was and that's what Capaldi does too he wanted to tough love people into helping themselves. Well, in the first couple episodes, he was still doing the regeneration 
thing too. He was his side effect just happened to be. Oh, I'm suddenly gonna. Who are you again? Oh, I'm very nice. Oh, I'm oh Scot- I hate you. You're stupid. I'm you know? Scottish. I'm, Sc- I'm Scottish. Look at all the I can complain about things now. <laughs> yeah, there was such a great line. One of the things I like that Clara, I Clara, I'm not your boyfriend. In, that was awesome. My, my. The hints for me, my predictions about Capaldi's take on it, is that he is more unsure now. Where it's like in the first episode where he appears, he's like, I'm not your boyfriend. And it's like, it wasn't necessarily you that was thinking that I was your boyfriend. It was me thinking mm-hmm, that I'm mm-hmm, going to try to be your mm-hmm, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So I think some of it's just him being more irascible. Is that the yes, right word? Yes, definitely. Than, than definitely. He, than, he, than he actually even really feels, but he's almost like purposely going, I'm, I'm backing off of that because. Yeah. I was getting a little too backing away from the fields. I've got, I've, I've hurt too many people. Yeah. yeah, I've hurt too many people. There, there have been many, many, many times yeah. throughout the whole run of Doctor Who where the Doctor has had to stop and go, "Oh wow, people have feelings. Whoa, I need to check my shit." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Rose it's a Tyler. Lot of that. Yeah, Rose <laughs> Tyler, exactly, yeah. and that's why the Doctor and Martha, but even more so the Doctor and Donna. And mm-hmm. I think that series nine. That's where they're going to go. Because if you, and you haven't seen the Christmas special yet, I won't spoil it. There's this whole ball up in the air of, is Clara going to stay? Is Clara going to go? And they go back and forth and back and forth. And stuff happens, and you think for sure she's gonna, she's had enough and she's out. But then they bring it back, and obviously it's public knowledge. Clara is in for all of Series 9. Mm-hmm. And I really think they're going to go that way of, these people are just traveling buddies. There's nothing there. There's no, and they you know, really, they, they really, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. But even more right so, and I think they're finally settled into a groove. Ooh. And I think Clara has actually had her arc. She never got to have that with Eleven. No. She's had her arc now, her, of going from a human who knows nothing about the Doctor and nothing about time and space. There's always an arc that people go through. Rose got to have it. Martha got to have it of mm-hmm. this is the TARDIS. Start with that. Then this is time and space. Start with that. Then this stuff happens out in the universe and this is what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And there's this arc and human, a human, a fragile human being has to wrap their head around that and have this arc of going from newbie to, okay, this is what we do. Well, and that Clara finally got to have that. Well, Donna's my favorite companion, my absolute yes. favorite companion, because even before she steps on the TARDIS, you know, the doctor is like Oi! I'm just looking for a mate and she's like well you're not mating with me sunshine yeah you know? yeah like yeah. it's just you want a mate no no a mate not mate with me sunshine oi yeah. spaceman yeah and it's just established right then and there like oh they're just friends they're just best buds you know it's it's not romantic and even Martha kind of had that moment where you know like uh, the master was coming in and like fucking shit up and she had to be on her own for a year and like the doctor asks her you know do you want to get back in the TARDIS she's like oh hell no I need to be with my family. Like, I'm over this. Fuck this noise. Well, you kind of met Donna by accident in that first one with the, the, the kind of interrupting her wedding. and Yeah. Like, so it was yeah. kind of like, I guess that's kind of how he always meets his companions. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of I, into them. I do like the evolution of the companions from Rose, who is like, but I love him, to Martha, who's just like, well, I love him, but, you know, I need to be with my family and I need to have my own life. Well, I'm, but I'm he's not going to love me back, so I'm not going to wait around for him to, to fall in love with me if he's right, not going to. Right, but that, that change from Rose, yes. like, eternally waiting to Martha being like, nope, I'm out, I'm going to be with my family, I'm going to do my own thing, to Donna, who was just like, no, there's no romantic anything from the get-go. But a lot really of people great. shit. A lot of people shit on Rose for that reason, but I think that's good because Russell Davis did a brilliant job of 
bringing the real human emotional mm-hmm. center to a woman who we then found out later with Sarah Jane in school reunion that was going on but they never explored it back in the right. back with Tom Baker that happened to every single female companion the doctor's ever had of this human who falls in love with the doctor we never got to see it and we never got mm-hmm. to experience it and Rose was able to actually show us that yeah. this was going on inside of her well, like- Plus the stuff with her, the, her being gone for a year, and the mm-hmm. missing posters and all that. It's right. like what? Of, of course that would happen. Well, like, please don't think that I'm trying to shit on. Rose, no, 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 um, no, no, no. At all. But a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people. I just do. I wanted to point out that evolution of companions in terms of like the writing, and also like I just rewatched uh, the Doctor Donna episode mm. with like Davros and yes. all of that. And while everybody's freaking out that like the Daleks are landing on Earth, Rose is just there with her gigantic gun. Like, all right, I guess we're gonna do this. Like she hands. It. Totally. Like everyone else was running well, away. Well, she had her arc. She yeah, was a seasoned yeah. time traveler at that point. She mm-hmm. was able to f- somehow find her way from that other dimension or that other universe where she was trapped with a giant with gun a giant gun that, 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 that could waste a Dalek and that and yeah. it, it worked. And then <laughs> Rose wind up or Rose wound up having her own doctor to mm-hmm. be in love a human yeah. doctor. And <laughs> fine. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Kind of like the this is fat in hand, <laughs> the fantastic plastics doctor. You can <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Anatomically correct. Anatomically, yeah. 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 this is kind of one hot. <laughs> so, um, obviously, musically, you and I are really in lo- aligned uh, in a lot of ways. In as a lot well. of ways, a lot yeah. of Bowie and and you know yeah. synth pop wise and synth pop Bo- Bowie. Same um, here. No, well, yeah, yeah, of course, and of course, you know the other early and. Industrial and um, yes. uh, like gothy stuff. Although I did find out when I actually when I moved here, after going to just kind of generic. Um, that sounds bad, but Kansas City doesn't have a lot. So it was just a, either it was either industrial or there were, there were some interesting things there. Actually, there was a lot of noise, actually, which is cool. So that's why mm. I used to go to the um, the power noise room at Doss Bunker. Doss Bunker, right, right. So See, that, I, was, I, that doesn't uh, that doesn't yeah. speak to me at all. I, I, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't to a lot of people, but that's kind of where my friends and I were. Sure, that's sure, where sure, we sure. Were at yeah. in Kansas City, because everything else yeah. was kind of, and it happens everywhere where it's, you have a lot of the, kind of the same kind of music being played everywhere, and mm-hmm. then you find that one thing was like, oh, that's a little different. I'm well, gonna, a lot of industrial for me really kind of became very samey to my ear after about 96, 97, which is why I like Disco Necro so much, because most of, I mean, Bruce kind of, you know, kind of fudges a bit, but most (laughs) of what you hear there is pre-96, and I like late 70s through through mid-80s into well into early 90s industrial, and... Well, that's when industrial was kind of still trying to figure out what industrial was, so there's a lot of experimental stuff. But it was starting to go into the industrial metal side a little more. Sure, and that's fine. I like that stuff, too. I like I like Ministry, I like KMFDM, I like mm-hmm. I like Nine Inch Nails, I like the industrial metal, the Marilyn Manson and all that, I like that too. But then after that point, a lot of the industrial industrial all became very, very samey to me. And there's only a very few things that I will hear and go, oh, I really like that I do find because that it's be a true, departure. Because when certain bands are playing now or touring through that are from that era, I've seen some of them in Kansas City or like mm-hmm, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I have to, some of the smaller shows I've sure. been to, I have to be like, wait, did I see them? 
Or was it that other band that sounds just, just like that? <laughs> well, back in 96, back in 96, all the industrial rock bands that were on MTV in 96, 97, 98 were all being Nine Inch Nails. I mean, that was, yeah, you know, they were all Stabbing Westward. I mean, I love Stabbing Westward, but like Stabbing they Westward were all too. doing uh, the, underwater. going back to the whole thing of, of, you know, sad music with you have this type of music and then all the lyrics are, I'm a piece of shit. I, I yeah. suck. I don't matter. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm, no one loves me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like Morrissey, but with, with, with chainsaws. But, um, <laughs> But you, Kitty, you were talking about interested in, in starting a, an industrial band um, with a fe- because there's there's a certain dearth of, of female lead singers in yeah. industrial. Yeah, I had a moment where I was out at a club and I was like, I have not heard one female vocalist tonight, and I've been here, you know, from ten o'clock and it was like one thirty, and I was like, you know, there's not a lot of girls in industrial. It's, it's kind of a boys' club, so I'm kind of thinking about trying to put together um, an industrial band where like. I could be, you know, the singer. Um, I'll have to figure out how to sing, but I heard they have like, you know, synthesizers and, and auto tune and you're, things you're, for that. You're picking a good genre to not have to worry about that. Well. Right, yeah, right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you throw you throw a, voc- a vocal effect on your voice, and you just kind of kind of scream. And acid I mean, I mean, when Rob Zombie was working with um, was working with uh, 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 Howard Stern on the soundtrack for the movie, his movie, this Howard Stern movie. He just said, "Just scream into the microphone as loud right. as you can, and and we'll we'll take care of the rest." And I have so much anger to give. You do, you, know? <laughs> you really do. Like you this, really do. this isn't a problem. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, I had this moment where I realized industrial, um, at least you know today, is kind of a boys' club. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and again, like I have a lot of things that I'm angry about. I have a lot of things that I want to say. A lot of things that you know I think are shitty in the world. Like mm-hmm. why not? I just need to find people who can play instruments. Industrial's always had a political base to it. I mean, Skinny Puppy's entire catalog, um, a lot of Frontline Assembly, a lot Mm -hmm. of it's very anti... Even though it's aggressive and and, and angry and and, and, and destructive sounding, Mm -hmm. it's very anti-war. It's very... Right. I just saw Skinny Puppy um, in Pomona, and, you know, like, the whole show, they had kind of this uh, anti-nuclear, like, Fukushima Mm -hmm. bend to it, where it was like, you know... Obviously, their performances are very, um, I don't know, theatrical. Yes. Um, so it was a lot of, like, Talking scientists in, like, you know, hazmat suits and, like, glowing green things. Those are like... often more literal than masks. We yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That one bleeds lime jello. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, but uh, it definitely had, you know, that anti-Fukushima, anti-nuclear bend to it. And that's something that I really enjoy, where it's not just music for the sake of making music. It's music with a message. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, Absolutely. We're at over an hour. Um, we're going to wrap up here. So, um, is there anything you're recommending right now in any form of media or or any any TV show you're watching, movies you've seen, or music that that maybe people haven't heard of yet, or um, other um, other than unextraordinary gentlemen? No, yeah, I, I, you know, I would have to say there's a band right now called Ritual Howls mm-hmm. that's really great. Sounds like um, very good, like uh, I would say like early '80s post punk, real dark, nice, like. Um, it's always the go-to to say Joy Division like they don't mm-hmm. sound like that, mm-hmm. but you know that style. But you know, er, er, <laughs> early Nick Cave, very early Cure, or very like, early like, Susie. Um, oh, very early. I was gonna say early Susie, like yeah, um, yeah, like post punk, uh, yeah. But, uh, Guy singer, but still that, okay, that okay. style. You had style. my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> so yeah. So Ritual House is one. Ritual um, House. And there's there's another band. They just changed their name, and it's called Total Age, which I think actually is a Joy Division song. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um. Or used, that Total Age was a, a Nights Reb album. Nights Reb album. Mm. Okay. They're a band called Total Age. Um, 
and they're really good too. They they're a bunch of real young guys and girls, but not real young. They're not like kindergartners. They're like in their <laughs> eighteen, nineteen. I think one's like twenty, mid twenties. But you know, a young band, sure. up and coming band. I yes. guess would have been the easier way to say that. Um, and they're great too. And I would say they're. I can't even really define them. They yeah. kind of have that going on. Sure. But um, there's hints of some other cool things in there too. Cool. Which I, which is a good thing. The fact that I can kind of define them, but not really, cool. is a really good thing. They're kind of, they're kind of angst. They're kind of, I want to say quiet punk, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Sure, sure. It, they kind of have that that mm-hmm. post punk thing going on. Mm-hmm. But and then, but there's a there's an icy urgency to their Ooh, music. Nice. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> icy like. urgency opening up the sides. <laughs> <Stage laughs> yeah. Icy urgency. Um, so those Kitty, two, is there those any... two is bands. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything you recommend right now, Kitty? Oh, yeah, definitely. I am all about Three Teeth right now. They're a new industrial band, but they're industrial um, with more of those like weird, crunchy sounds mm, and like mm-hmm. hard guitar, so mm-hmm. it's different than you know everything that you're used to hearing at the club. And they definitely have that uh, skinny puppy-esque performance aspect nice. to them. They want to be um, like visual, and there's art involved. And Visceral, like even. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I love Three Teeth. Uh, I also really love Gesoffelstein. Mm. Um not not quite industrial, um, but still really, really good stuff. Great to dance to. Cool. Um, so, yeah. I, unfortunately, have been very, very busy, so I haven't really been watching much of anything. All the new, new season of Archer, I'll recommend that. It's it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a knockout of the park so far. Uh, really good. It's nice to see that back. Hopefully they don't stop streaming that. Are they stopping streaming that on Netflix? I don't know. They're, they're, about getting, they're getting ready it. to turn off yeah. Doctor Who and, uh, and Red Dwarf at the end of January, I think. Oh, yeah. So. You have to get the discs or find it yeah. through other sources. So, uh, plug your stuff. Where can people find you online, Eric? Oh, uh, you can find you can find me on Facebook. Just look up Eric Shriek. I'm there. Or S-C-H-R-E-E-C-K. Yes, too many C's. It's yes. S-C-H-R-E-E-C-K. So yeah. just too, too many C's. There'll be a link, the be a link on, the, on the blog post. And uh, so On Extraordinary Gentlemen, you can find our Facebook page or go to onextraordinarygentlemen.com. That's on U-N, Extraordinary gentlemen all one word.com although we haven't updated that thing in years so you're probably better off going to our facebook page um blood penny don't go there because nothing's <laughs> happening with us so i would go to those two places and go to ground control um which is what is it gcla backslash i don't know what it is now hmm. uh, there's a link to that too just go back yeah, to andrews we can oh, sure, or sure, howard's yeah. Or look on their facebook page too ground control, control. Karaoke, yeah um, we're there every monday i'm the host usually unless Something has Something kept me away. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me at kittybrowndesigns.com. Uh, that's where all of my graphic design stuff lives. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Twitter, uh, at Kitty Brown, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a Facebook as well, which is Kitty Brown Art. Cool, so. cool. Um, I'm uh, at St. Michael, that's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L on Twitter. We also have a Something to XP Twitter account. Um, you can find us online as Something to XP. Uh, please subscribe and review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog and listen to past episodes on WordPress. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. This week's co-host was Kitty Brown. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us everywhere online as Something2XP. 
Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.